forgot what we promised last week. Maybe nothing. Maybe we know better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that we promised anything last time. When's the last time we promised something that we delivered on? Never. <laughs> <laughs> we promised this was going to be an entertaining show, and we've never delivered on that. We promised we would be an hour. We promised We promised this. We promised that. We promised weekly, and then we're like, nah, and we promise it won't yeah. be weekly, and then we like consistently do put it out weekly. <laughs> That's right. It's all reverse psychology. If, yes. we, if we tell ourselves we're not going to do it, then we'll do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if we say we will, we won't. Yep. But that's that's how it goes. We were like, after this last hiatus, we were like, yeah, we should do like a long hiatus. And then we were like, we're probably just going to do a six-week hiatus for like the big yeah, holidays. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> because you know what happens during a hiatus? We watch a bunch of stuff. And then we get backlogged. And, and then we never talk about it. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> and then we're like... Hey, like we're, we're like, Hey, when are we going to talk about the thing? It's like, we'll talk about it on the podcast. And then like, we don't get to it. And then like, we still haven't talked about Dune. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, uh, it's not relevant anymore. That's fine. Well, speaking of, how about this? We say we do these quick recommendations. Okay. I'm just, just to, just to force this subject into existence. Uh, I would recommend people watch Dune if they haven't already. Did you ever, did you end up watching that? Yeah. Dune's great. Yeah. I thought Dune was excellent. Like, yeah. I think I gave it like four and a half. Yeah, I don't remember what I gave it, but yeah, it's definitely like four, four and a half. Been a long time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, that was one of the ones I watched. Kind of like No Time to Die. Like, I watched it on like a weeknight or maybe it wasn't, but it was, you know, it was definitely a weekday and I was not expecting to be able to watch it all in one sitting. And then right. just because of how much that movie envelops you and Hans Zimmer yeah. just embraces you with his power. And, uh, and, uh, the movie's just so engaging and, and relentless and, and powerful and all consuming. You're just like, man, like it's, it's, it's an experience. And I don't say that. That's one I saw in theaters and I was like, oh, this is nice. That would have been terrific. I did not. I I watched it on HBO max. Still a good movie either way. It was still excellent. I was still like, but my first thought was this is terrific. This has to be even better in theaters. Just, yeah. just, just the Dolby mix alone. Like it yeah. would have been yeah. because the sound, the sound and the score in that film is so, so good. Yep. Everything is it great. Is and Stellan yep. Skarsgård. Oh, it's just so good. I know. I've only seen it once though. I've never gone back to watch it. Of course, right now I don't have HBO Max. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. No, I've never watched it again either, but it's on my list to rewatch that and the Batman because I, I lumped them both together because I feel like they came out around a similar time and like. My my brain is like HBO Max shenanigans. And so I'm like, hey, you know what? But I, I really do want to own them. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. I when I inevitably buy them on Blu-ray, 4K, whatever, I'll I'll watch them. Then. What I'm probably going to end up doing is buying Dune 1 and 2 after part two comes out and is yeah. released. They'll probably sell a, a, box a box set yeah. and I'll get it then because it's it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous movie. I, I have yeah. like a list of like books and movies that like I've seen and want to own. Um, yeah. And like, I just sort of wait around until I'm like, Oh, do I have like 30 extra bucks laying around? And then I go, like, Oh, I like, go. I like alien. <laughs> right. I guess I'll buy yeah. And then right. like, Oh yeah. But, uh, yep. I've, I, but that list contains basically all of Denis Villeneuve's films. Right. Uh, even Blade Runner 2049, which I sort of poo pooed at the time. And I've only liked it more. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was. No, I, I, I like that. I was middle of the road on it. I was like, it's fine, I guess. <laughs> and now yeah. I'm like, 
it's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, there there are things that it does better than the original Blade Runner, and things mm-hmm. that it does not quite as great. Now, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the original Blade Runner. Um, yeah. I think it's gr- I think it's good. I don't think it's great. It's more important for the medium than it is enjoyable as a film. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But but I enjoy it, and it, but but yeah, it gets groundbreaker points. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Anyway, that's a recommendation for Dune. If people are listening, we're, and we, they- we we. we for those for those uh eagle-eared listeners um we may talk about denis villeneuve here in a minute as well oh snap all right then well let's move into uh tonight's movie then um the black phone is something that i was interested in because i'm a fan of c robert cargill as a writer i I used to frequent spill.com and um and uh, anything and the stuff that he was doing when he was a uh, critic. And then, of course, when he started writing screenplays, one of them being Doctor Strange, and then he started writing novels. It was like, oh, good for him. I want to support love his novels. Just a quick little plug for C. Robert Cargill that I just I recently read the Day Zero prequel of his and his Sea of Rust series. And it was just a post-apocalyptic uh, stories. And I read it in like two days, like I, I cover to yeah. cover. It was just he's just a really talented and uh grounded writer uh even within sci-fi and horror um which are you know which need that and they need that kind of uh that sort of rootedness to their uh to to kind of ground their characters anyway so that's just to say like i knew so uh and at the same time scott derrickson had stepped away from dr strange 2 and through a series of following Cargill on social media and then hearing reports about why he, why Derrickson left the project and what they were doing instead. It's like they came across this, this option for this short story by Joe Hill, who is the son of Stephen King, uh, of whom I also am a casual fan. And, um, and I knew that the three of them knew each other and that they were all going to do this project, the black phone. And so Scott was like, yeah, I'm going to do the black phone to Dr. Strange. And then, Cargill is going to write the black phone. And then Joe Hill was like, Oh cool. You guys are doing the black phone. I'm glad it's you. So I was like, okay, well I want to check this out because I like these three creators. Um, and I'm just interested in, in this idea. And then I saw the trailer, uh, which, you know, doesn't, there's not much, you know, it's not like a, but it was like, okay, we got Ethan Hawke in here. Um, and it felt like a movie that doesn't get made very often. Yeah. And then I think the final nail in the coffin to see it, that sounds like a bad thing, but it's a horror movie. We'll say coffin. (laughs) Sure. The final nail in the coffin to like me deciding to see it, I think was that I think red letter media did like a review of it. And so I was like, Oh wow. They watched it. Cause I didn't think a lot of people would see this. Yeah. And then of course it was going to show up on Peacock, which is where I saw it uh, about 45 days after the theatrical uh, window passed or happened, mm-hmm. which yeah. is Universal's new thing. So, got to see the Black Phone. I watched it on Friday. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, okay. obviously, uh, yeah. <laughs> or else I, I don't know if I would agree to talk about it. Um, but what did you think? Did you, I, I you couldn't possibly come to the film with as much, uh, expectations or context as me. <laughs> um, no. So, so obviously I knew it was based on a short story by Joe Hill and I know who Joe Hill is. 
I've not read any of Joe Hill's work, so I have no preconceived notion of whether or not I enjoy his writing, but just I know who he is as a person. Obviously, I know C. Robert Cargill as well, but I don't I have no no horse in that race. Scott Derrickson, uh, I enjoyed his work on the first Doctor Strange. Um, so, yeah, I was more interested in this because, like you said, he stepped away from Doctor Strange 2. And so I thought, oh, well, let's see what he goes and does next um instead and so that's why i was interested in this and then i kept seeing the ads for it and i was like you know what the truth is like this looks like a pretty palatable horror film and so i think i'll give it a shot and like here's the thing i'm not a huge horror movie guy and i've come to realize that like horror movie people are like their own breed like they love horror movies and they'll watch anything that even slightly borders on horror um and there's no quality control for them it's just kind of like it's a horror movie i will watch it i find and horror fans to be intolerant of non-horror films <laughs> like they're uninterested <laughs> right. in family fair or blockbuster films like horror seems like right. if you're too much a fan of it it might ruin other genres for you right it's a really weird thing because you don't have like like i guess you have superhero movie fans mm-hmm. but but not at the expense of all other genres right and so it's weird because like horror movie people are like horror movie people i'm not a horror movie person um but the more palatable ones the ones that seem to be accessible yeah i do i do try to at least have some familiarity with mm-hmm. um the ones that are too uh like that are praised too early too quick I find myself kind of reeling back from like, eh, I don't know if this is actually true or if this is hype or like whatever. Anyway, the point is, um, yeah, this just seemed like an, an easy, like, uh, approachable horror movie. So, um, for that reason, I was like, look, it's available on Peacock. I'll watch it. Why not? And, uh, and so that was my expectation going in. Um, as for, you know, my enjoyment of it, um, I gave it two stars. I really didn't find myself enjoying much about this. Um, it was certainly watchable, but I didn't I I, I didn't find much um, that that piqued my my actual interest. Um, and we can talk more about why that is. But um, but I'm I'm more interested in hearing why you why you did enjoy it. I like. So the reason what brings me to horror um, is the potential you know, not necessarily versus other genres, but just speaking to advocate for horror as a genre. Um, there's a lot of dramatic potential with horror films because you have this opportunity to introduce something that can heighten tension or stakes for characters beyond like whatever they're already going through, which is usually something awful in and of itself. Horror right. often is a is a, is a um a chance to show to to explore non supernatural like you could have a, a movie like it or the Black Phone or uh you know whatever other thing that or the or the Babadook where it's like okay we have like a supernatural element or ent- entity um but these people are also going through just terrible things on a human level and yeah. you know uh those things are scary too um it almost gives you a chance to show like just we're gonna shoot a domestic violence situation like a horror movie uh just in case just to remind you that this is bad as well and scary (laughs) just in case you need to be reminded um that it's it's wrong for parents to beat their children um (laughs) so like (laughs) um so uh it's always interesting um 
And I thought that there was a, I just thought there was an emotional core to this, uh, to this story and to these characters. I just sort of felt, uh, that they took something really simple, um, and in introducing any other elements to it that might flesh it out, didn't overcomplicate it. We don't overcomplicate what's going on with the kid. Um, there's no like plot, like get the thing to get the thing. It's like, he's been abducted. He wants to escape and everything else going on with him is emotional and internal. Um, and doesn't overcomplicate the situation that he's physically in. Um, and the same thing with the, with the grabber, like there's a lot of ambiguity and mystery to the grabber, uh, that I thought was, uh, nice. And, um, added to the added to the tension. I just thought there was really good suspense. Um, I, of course, I, you know, in, in the, in, in hearing the reviews and the comments and the critiques after the fact, I, you know, there's, there was comparisons to like silence of the lambs with the, with the location twist Spo- spoilers, by the way, I don't know. It's a spoilers, by sure. the way, I recommend the film. Spoilers. Dustin probably doesn't to as, as much. So we cancel each yeah. other out. If you're interested, yep. see it. If you're not, don't worry about it. Um, right. <laughs> bye. Um, um, but the, with the, with the houses at the end, like it sounds of the lamps was brought up and I was like, Oh, I forgot about that. So like I'd written like, Oh cool. Like, you know, cool twist. And I just, I just, I like when horror films are simple in their, yeah. um, in their physical parameters and, yeah. um, and where we are, um, uh, where the supernatural elements are light, which I felt they were here. Um, it's a, I suppose it's a spectrum, but like, you know, the kid doesn't like walk through walls or something like there's no, there, there's, oh, yeah. we change one thing about the world and it's that, um, it's that there's a, a, a supernatural, uh, you know, ghosts exist in this world beyond and beyond that it's not like they're super easy to get a hold of or everyone can talk to them it's not like those things and i think that's what i like it's like let's show the real world let's make one small change and have that change kind of like be part of the plot and everything else is like i say one small change the the girl the girl has dreams anyway jeremy davies (laughs) um (laughs) i don't know um yeah uh, I think I, I wrote down here four stars, um, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that has to do with the potential for horror movies to not be good. For, and from where I'm sitting, um, mm-hmm. so I think a little bit of it is the fact that it's it's it does things, but it also navigates away from other poor tendencies of horror, um, yeah. which is the jump scares. Oh, I don't think there's a single. Oh, there might be a couple of jump scares in this movie. Which I did not yeah. like. I was like, oh, okay, right, that's. Sure, I felt sure. like that was Jason Blum going like, yeah, do the, put yeah. the thing in the corner, do it. Do yeah. it. <laughs> Give me that whip pan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, the music drops out. I was like, we're gonna see a thing. It's like as soon as the music yeah. dropped out, I was like, I took like a right. deep breath, like I was about to shoot a rifle. I was like, yeah. <sighs> and right. so when Here that happened, comes. I didn't jump. I was like, right. yeah, yeah. You can you can start to spot it when it when it's when yeah. it's gonna happen. Oh, we're gonna pan to the we're gonna pan we're panning. And I was like, as soon as we narrow our focus, we're gonna yeah. suddenly look at a thing. Anyway, right, right. Plus, isn't part of the Blumhouse like logo or like the thing like we're looking through the room and you see the girl walking in the background yeah. and then you go, oh wait, what was that? 
and she's right. tele- doing telekinesis. It was almost that same yeah. shot. <laughs> it felt like. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's that was my that's my basic um my basic thoughts. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I thought so. I want to highlight the two kids, the two main kids, Mason Thames, Thames. I'm not sure how to say the last name, mm-hmm. and Madeline McGraw, who play Finney and Gwen, and they they're really great. Um, like I, I enjoyed their performances quite a bit. Um, I thought that they uh, were naturalistic. They were believable as brother and sister, um, and and weirdly like believable as the age that they are, which mm-hmm. is. Uh, which is rare. Like, I feel like a lot of times you, you come across like the precocious young kid and it's like, you're writing this kid, like they're not a kid or whatever, or it's performed in a weird way. Mm -hmm. And like, like they just felt like real kids to me. And I thought that was an achievement. Um, and, and so I appreciated their performances. Um, and there, there's a moment where Finney, kind of reaches his lowest point and and the camera just kind of hangs on him and lets Mason cry for a long time. Yeah. And and like that's that's a good performance by him. Um and uh and yeah, so I wanted to highlight the two of them. I think that they're great. Um Ethan Hawke I think is hamming it up a little bit, chewing too much scenery for my taste. Um and Jeremy Davies I think was way too broad mm-hmm. with his performance. Um such that it didn't feel believable. Um, it was just like, oh, and here's abusive dad, and there's nothing else to him. And and there's supposed to be. I'm picturing him walking down <laughs> on stage, and like you know, like after the play is over, like, and as abusive dad, Jeremy Davies, Jeremy Davies. and he's like, hi, uh, <laughs> I'm nice in real life, <laughs> but I'm abusive in the play. That's yeah. it. Sorry, Don't fuck with me um, though. <laughs> I have it in me. Um, <laughs> I've and, shown you what um, I'm capable of now. <laughs> yeah, but but I, there's supposed to be like this undercurrent of like uh, you know remorse and uh, regret shame. and whatever shame yeah. for him. I, I don't feel like that ever really came through for me, and I, I I would blame partly the writing and partly the performance. Um, but I don't feel like that ever truly came through. I, I was really on board with this for the whole first act, maybe the first half of the film. I was really on board with it. Um, the film begins with what, you know, is, uh, a, a, a community being terrorized by the grabber. These kids keep going missing yeah. and we don't really know why or who or how or when. And, um, and to me, like that was the most effective part of the film. It's the 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 shark in the water. Who I don't know where he is, but he's there. Yeah. And that to me was the the most terrifying part, which which felt real. Um, so so to me, the film is at its best when it's establishing its world as realistic. Um, and, and at its worst when it indulges in ghosts and psychics and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so to me, there's essentially two films here that are at at odds with one another. Um, and, and maybe that was the intention. Maybe it wasn't, maybe that's me reading into it, but the truth is I much preferred the version that was kids being terrorized by somebody who might grab them. Um, to me, that's, I mean, that's a realistic fear, um, and something that I can relate to get behind and, you know, and be frightened of, um, when it's creepy man and mask, that's not nearly as frightening to me. Um, 
and it, and when it's ghost kids on the phone, well, they're not even a threat, so that's not scary at all. Um, to me, it's it's a wasted opportunity that if you're going to have any supernatural element, that the two supernatural elements in this film have nothing to do with the fear of the film. The psychic is the good guy, and the ghosts are also good guys. There, there, there is no supernatural villain here. And to me, that's kind of a wasted opportunity if you're going to do supernatural. If you're not doing supernatural, then you know, all bets are off. But if you're doing it, it's weird that that's not the scary part. Um, and again, maybe that's my own personal preference coming through, but that that is kind of where my brain was at. So during the moments where Finney is trying to use his wits to escape the this this uh, dungeon that he's in, um, for me, would have been a great story had there been no black phone, but then you can't call the film black phone because there's got to be a black phone in the film called the black phone. And to me, the black phone was the worst part of the film. So, so the weird thing for me is like, I find it way scarier, way more tense, way more, um, affecting when there's a terror out there that we don't know who, who may grab our protagonist. He does. And then our protagonist has to escape him. That to me, Maybe it's boilerplate, but to me, that's way scarier than essentially that exact same thing. But ghosts are helping you escape. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's not on our on our protagonist to to use his wits to find things out and 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 figure it out because the the tools are handed to him. Hey, I hit a a rope. Hey, I hid this thing. Hey, I started digging here. Hey, you could go here and break through this wall and there's a freezer on the other side. All of that is information that he got not from his own intelligence, but that were it was information handed to him and and then at the end when his arc is completed and he's supposed to be this big guy who's overcome this monstrous thing in his life, I can't help but feel that he didn't really achieve he didn't really do that on his own. He he was gifted all of that information and gifted that bravery from ghosts that were leading him. I don't, I don't, I did, I didn't get the sense that he truly overcame anything. Um, and so to me, you know, then of course at the end it's, you know, the payoff is don't call me Finny, call me Finn. It's like, you can call me Finn. It's like, well, uh, that's again, that's a payoff that has no setup. And it's a payoff that to me has no uh, true emotional attachment to it because to me, in my brain, he didn't fully achieve this on his own. Um, so um, so to me, that's where the arc falls short. Um, now, we could talk about the grabber and whether or not having his backstory on display and like all this information about him is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I, I, I kind of couldn't care less. It, it can be either way and be effective. He can be an enigma and be an effective villain. And he can also be backstory full and still be frightening. And we just know more about him. Um, like, I don't know, maybe he had some parental issues as a child. Maybe he, whatever, maybe he had a, an abusive father, whatever. Um, but it is, you know, so to me, that's not the point. The point is Finn's ar- Finney's arc throughout the film and the dueling two halves of this film, one of which I find incredibly frightening and incredibly engrossing, and the other which I find kind of 
lane. And so that's where, where I was at odds with myself, because again, the first half of this film up until he's in the dungeon and before that black phone starts ringing and dead kids start talking to him, like I'm on board. This is a great movie. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of like became something that I wasn't, I wasn't on board with. Um, so, so, um, but I understand also the, as a writer, the, the need to say like, okay, well, if there's going to be ghosts, it's like, they don't have to be bad ghosts. Like that's what everybody, that's what the audience is expecting. Let me subvert that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. But it's, it's, it's just not, it's just not my taste. And so I'm not knocking that idea. I'm knocking that for me, juxtaposed with the part of this film that I really, truly loved, it was lesser. And so to me, the film like took off like this, and then down, downhill. And, um, and so that, that was my experience with it. But, um, but having said that there's plenty the film does right. And, uh, and again, I, I'll call specific attention to, uh, the performances of the main lead kids. Um, cinematography is great. Um, the editing atmosphere, all of that is great. I love all of that. I even like the design of, of the grabber's mask and like, yeah. you know, the creepiness there. There's that shot where the camera like tracks up the steps and you see like the grabber sitting in the kitchen yeah. and he's just like sitting there like that's, that's pretty freaking scary. Yeah. That was scary. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, th this is what I enjoy. It's all the supernatural stuff that bogged it down for me. A couple of uh, replies, I suppose. When I read any of Joe Hill's stuff or any or Cargill, anybody's uh, horror literature, it, for me there is definitely a um, an element of plot deviceiness to hmm. people's abilities. Like, why did just like I think it's suggested that the grabber could can hear the phone or could hear the phone at one point yes. he certainly can hear yeah, he, he can said. certainly hear the kids at the end yeah um we don't really know why that is we don't know right. why finney gets to other than he's in the I'm, supposedly it's just the basement it's not so much the person hearing it it's the people you know presumably these kids probably heard the phone too maybe i don't know i i think they i think they didn't I think I think the grabber says something like you were the first one to hear uh, it. I hear it too or something like that. Interesting. Because you're different or something like that. Yeah. Right. So that's like, all right, not sure what's up with that. Uh, it's never explained or resolved. Yeah. Not that important, but sort of like just because it's like, okay, sure. there's a lot of sure. a lot that happens in horror, especially when it comes to like who has powers, who doesn't. It's there's a lot of just because because otherwise right. you sure. have to explain. You have to have like an in-universe reason like, well, because they they are a premature baby. They weren't supposed to survive birth. There's just something you have to spell out. Yeah. That's like, why would we possibly talk about this specific event? That's the origin of my abilities. Um, right. Correct. So, so there's, so there's a lot of in horror that's no, just because why does this sister have premonitions? Cause her mom did. Why? Just because. Yeah. So it's right. like, all right. So everything that I had an issue with supernatural wise in this movie fell under the auspices of horror, just because -ness. Um, mm. And so I sort of knew like, yeah, that bumps me a little bit, but I, I sort of put it to the side. Like that's what keeps this from being better for me because it's not like ironclad um, uh, story reasons that are anything other than because this is a horror film and we're going to do a couple of things uh, that are going to assist the plot. The 
I did have the opposite reaction about um, Finney's agency and his arc because mm, okay. um, because ultimately what he does, ultimately his sister's abilities and the police um, are, you know, are not, you didn't mention them, but I, I am, um, sure. are not what liberates him. Mm-hmm. You, you sort of think toward that in that conflict, the cops going to show up just as this right. obviously larger and stronger person is going to get the upper hand on this child. Yeah. And they don't show up because they're not in the right house. And right. so Finney takes matters into his own hands and kills the grabber was not expecting that. Um, right. Uh, and, you know, escapes, walks out of the house. Um, and, uh, which I liked because to me, the things he receives from the ghost kids, the knowledge, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's mostly there's some you, there's there's some tangible things like, OK, cool. Now I don't have to like iterate how to get out of here as much as they yeah. did. I can just sort of pick up where they left off. Yeah, I like I like that uh, just because I don't have to watch him think about things and try things as much. And we don't have sure. to worry about why is he so good at escaping basements? Um, right, right. You know, sure. that we can skip straight to, all right, he knows what's worked, what hasn't, and then what doesn't work, he'll find out quickly. Um, and the main thing he gains is something that he could have developed on his own had he more time, which was the self-confidence and the, um, you know, the the strength within himself to, to stand, to do the thing and stand up for himself. Um, which was pep talked into him by his friend who was already sort of trying to help him with this same issue in life. Yeah. So I, I I bought it because, because that was, that was already like the path this character was on before he was even abducted. Sure. And it was something that he could have developed on his own, um, you know, outside of his experience over a longer period of time. Um, like no one hands him like a magic key or something. Um, So I bought it for that reason. And so when he, I remember, I remember thinking specifically when he walks out of the house and his sister like looks at him, I think I was, I, I didn't, I was alone in my house. So I didn't like audibly say it, but I was like, I remember thinking like clearly like, wow, thank God he got himself out of there because, you know, to me, it's like yeah. the story, the story is sort of like, I kept thinking before all that, man, imagine if you didn't have ghost kids. And a supernatural, like a, like a premonition sister. Yeah. To help you get out of here. Like without those kids, right. he would have died. He would yeah. have remained scared and yep. unable to liberate himself either by lack of information from them or lack of confidence that he could even confront the grabber one-on-one right. uh, right. or trap him or anything like that. Um so my whole thing was more like it was more like the horror was like, oh, good. Good for him. Uh, regular kids would have just never, never escaped. Mm-hmm. And that was that was sort of the undercurrent I kept thinking of, which assisted in the feeling of the assisted in the feeling of dread. Like yeah. he'll probably get out of here. But it's only because he has a bunch of ghost kids helping him. Yeah. And, and that was scary, you know. Yeah. So that, I think that's the lens through which I saw all this was like the tools for his liberation were, were within him. They were accelerated by outside forces that don't exist in our real world. 
And because without those forces, he's another casualty of the grabber um, and others like him during this time. Yeah. And I think that's what I liked about it. Um, Fair enough. It was. Yeah. I think um, another reason this film suffers and it's not really it's it's not really its fault, but this is to to follow to pay off my tease from earlier. Um, I had recently watched Prisoners, mm-hmm. um, Denis Villeneuve's Prisoners, and had recently re, or recently watched for the first time uh, Fritz Lang's M from 1931. Okay, and um, and these two films are um, uh, are this is reminiscent of those two films. So Prisoners, in that you have a child who's gone missing and um, and whatever, but this is told from the child's perspective as opposed to the parents looking for the children. Um, and then, and but it's it's the same sort of like grabber type atmosphere. Um, and then and then you have M, which is about um, a community terrorized by somebody who's stealing children. Um, and uh, and and what that does to the community and um, and, you know, to children and to their parents and to whatever. Um, and so um, having watched those two films so recently and then this, which I did not know that they would be related at all, um, it, it, I think, painted this in a in a way um, where I wanted it to be more realistic than it was because both M and prisoners are grounded. There's no supernatural elements in this at all. And I find them incredibly affecting and I find them incredibly scary and tense simply because like the plausibility meter is all the way up at, at, at 10. Um, it's like, this is a plausible scenario. Um, and and then to see any sort of supernatural in this, I think, is maybe what bucked me a little bit because I'm like, OK, so plausibility meter goes down, um, you know, as the ghosts and the psychic premonitions start showing up. Um, so so that may have bucked me a little bit and I'll fully cop to that. But I but I think like I'll still stand by my point that I think the the film was at its best when it was grounded because that's when it most affected me personally and was at its, uh, and, and would have been aided by at least I'll say a different arc or, uh, some sort of different, um, uh, mechanisms of that arc. Um, so Anyway, I, 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 I completely see where you come from and I completely see where people would love this film. And, and, and I've met some people who love it, yeah. genuinely loved it. And, um, and, and that's fine. Like you can absolutely love this film because there's a lot to love. Um, there's just some things that didn't quite work for me. Yeah. Well, uh, it's on Peacock. Um, <clears throat> if people yeah. want to watch it, you need the, you need the, the regular, I think is it, is it premium is it premium? The one, the, the cheap one. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I I just have ad support the ad supported one and it and yeah. it's there. Yeah. It is? Yep. Like the free one? Uh not not the, f- the first no, it's not right. free. The 499 one. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah, same. I think that's I think that's premium. Yeah. Uh okay. yeah, I have that one too. Yeah, so that's okay. okay, cool. We're on the same page. I think yeah. plus okay, yeah, premium plus is the other one. <clears throat> ah, yeah, okay. that's what it was. Gotcha. Um but yeah, all these all these things I can't keep up it's with. So them. hard. This is premium and elite and platinum <laughs> yeah. and you know plus whatever. and max and God knows what David Zaslav is going to call the new HBO. I know. 
What do you, th- what, you know, what do you think it is going to be called? Uh, probably Discovery Max or something like that. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. HBO has such prestige, but. I mean, I can see it be like, you know, Warner Discovery. Warner Discovery Max. Or, you know. Warner Discovery Power Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Dino S- Thunder. Super Soaker. Rock'em Sock'em Robot. Rock'em Sock'em. Oh, yeah. The Rock Johnson. Instead of plus, yeah, I'd go for like a higher, like, oh yeah, you're, you're plus. How about uh, X? How about multiple, multi times, times is. This is this is Discovery Max Cube exponent. Yeah, <laughs> cubed, <laughs> cubed. All right, that's the black phone. Um, <clears throat> cool. All right. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Yeah.